is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. I'm glad to be here this morning. It's a blessing. My wife sends her greetings. She loves this church. She loves the pastors, you know. Well, she loves Pastor Agave. I don't know about she loves, you know. Uh, she, I think she loves you too, man, you know. Now, I told your daughter a little while ago, I said, your parents are pretty cool, right? She said, yeah. You know, like, she's not totally convinced, man. But anyway, uh, I'm glad, I'm really glad to be here. And I got somebody that's watching me from back there. She's going to start to tell me, you got five minutes, you got two minutes, you got one minute, you know. And I told her, vete molestar tu esposo, you know, man. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I'm glad you're here, sir. You make, you lighten up my day, man. You, you're the only Filipino in this church, man. <laughs> hey, what can I do, man? Who told you to sit up there, man? He's a Filipino. The first time I came to this church, I saw him. I said, that's a Filipino. What's he doing there? And then, he, then they told me, no, man, he's... He's Mexican or something, you know, man. Anyway, but let me get in. And I want to say something because I know I prayed with Manny today. I always look for him when I come to church, you know, here. And I prayed with him and I, and I told him, I, this is what I told him. I says, you can only hang on to God. In this life, you can hang on to a lot of things. But the only thing that takes you to the end and through the end is God. I know, and I said, I know exactly what he's feeling because when my wife was diagnosed with cancer, I felt the same thing, you know. And I, the only thing I could do was go outside and tell God, God, you know, we're going to die sometime. I hope it's not now, but whatever your will is, I'm willing to accept it, you know. And that's a hard pill to, to, to swallow, but life is hard, man, sometimes. And, and sometimes we say life is not fair, but God is fair. And in God's way of, of, of thinking and planning, he has a way of doing things that makes everything all right. Even death, he makes it okay, you know. So I, 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 I prayed with him and I told him, hey, man, Get my number from him if I can pray with you, just listen to you, whatever. I'm willing to do it, man, you know. So uh, that's a tough time. The only thing you can do is pray for him and pray for her and believe God for them, you know. Amen? Uh, and me and my wife were talking about that the other day, you know, because I told my wife, man, we have a birthday coming up. And I told my wife, you know, we're not getting any younger, you know. And she told me, she said, you're not getting any younger, you know. I'm still looking good. And I told her, I said, that's what you think. I'll take a picture of you when you're asleep, man, and snoring. You know, you look like a truck ran over you, man. And she just, she just laughed. She said, ah, tu siempre con cosa, you know. Uh, typical Puerto Rican, man, you know. But... What are you laughing at so much, man? Oh, why don't you put her to work in the kitchen or something? Oh, my God, man. Eso se ríe de nada. 
you know. I said Filipino and she almost fell off her seat, man. But let me, let me, uh, let me read something to you here out of Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5. And I have a free Bible, so I had to take whatever came on the internet, you know, so I don't have one of those fancy Bibles that explains it really modern or whatnot. But this is what it says. It says, these 12, talking about the disciples, Jesus sent forth and gave them instructions or charged them. When you charge somebody, you give them instructions. You tell them what they're going to do. He says, he charged them saying, go not into any way of the Gentiles. In other words, don't go to the Gentiles, he says. And don't enter into any city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely ye receive, freely give. It says, don't get no gold, no, nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor wallet for your journey, neither two coats, nor shoes, nor staff, for the laborer is worthy of his food. Those are the orders that God gave to the disciples. Those are the same orders that God gives to you. In the midst of everything that you live, in the midst of everything you go for and go through in life, in the midst of your circumstances, whether they be financial, whether they be family oriented, whether they be sickness, whether they be whatever it is, you still have orders from God on this earth, you know. You still have a purpose to fulfill and, and, and to, and, and to live out, you know. One thing my wife told me when they diagnosed her with cancer, you know, and I'll never forget this because I honor her for this, you know. She sat with me in the living room and, and after she gave me the, the thing, I just, I didn't say anything. And she knows I'm never at a loss for words, right? You know, she said, she said, she looked at me and she said, you're not going to say anything? I said, what could I say? You already said it all. You said you have cancer, man. And then she, for about two days, she got depressed. And I was off by myself. You know, I go into my office and I hide there, you know. That's my hiding place. And I tell her I'm working, but I'm really doing nothing in there, you know, right? You know, I just put on the computer and if she comes in, I start moving the, 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 the mouse around and she figures, you know, this guy's really hard at work, man. She already figured it out that I don't do anything in there but watch TV, right? But anyway, she came in there one day and she told me, what are you doing? I said, I'm working on something, you know. She said, on what? I said, forget it, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting in front of the computer, man. And she told me this, she says... Listen, man, let's come to an agreement. You go and do what you have to do. And I'm going to do what I got to do. And I said, what is that? What does that mean? You know, because sometimes when you talk to a woman, you, you got to clarify things, right? All you men in here know, man, you talk to a woman, don't let her wrap you up 
and all that craziness that she's got. You got to ask her, what is it that you mean, you know? Right? So she said, she said, this is what I mean. And she goes on to clarify. She said, you go and preach and fulfill your commitments and don't stop because this sickness shouldn't stop us from doing what we're, what we're called to do. She said, and me, I'm going to go and get chemotherapy every time that I have to get it. And I said, you don't want me to go with you and be there with you? She said, molesta mucho, man. <laughs> she said, you're a pain in the rear end, man. For, she didn't say it like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I got to say it <laughs> real good, right? And she said, she said, you're a pain, bro. Vete. She says, I can take the chemo by myself. So she proceeded to go take the chemotherapy by herself. Of course, I convinced my daughter to go with her just so I would be at peace. And my daughter said, man, mom, está loca. You know, yo dije, yo lo sé, pero que voy a hacer? You go with her, man, and take care of her. But the thing that I liked was that she told me, she says, if we allow this to stop us from doing what we're supposed to do, this will not only defeat us physically, but it'll defeat us spiritually too. It'll cause us to go into depression. It'll cause us to go into, we got a job to do. And the orders don't come from the pastor, don't come from the, from, from whoever's in charge of the church. The orders come from God himself. And God said, you go and you preach the gospel and you tell people that you have a God that is bigger and greater than any other God that they've ever known. In other words, you go and tell them that your God is a mighty God. And then I, I, I asked my wife, what if you die? And she said, he's still mighty. Because finally, I will go to the place where he has destined me to go. And I told my wife, I said, you know, what if I die? She said, you're gone, baby. No va a molestar más. Right? That's cold-hearted, right? I love her anyway, man. Every night I say goodbye to her, man. Every night I say, just in case you don't wake up or I don't wake up, I know Bemo. And I said, give me your pin to your card, man. I need that pin, baby. But the whole idea is that you don't stop doing what you should be doing because of the circumstances that you're going through. You continue to do. You continue to live. Life goes on. You know? Life goes on. I've been through some tragedies in my, in, in my, in my time, you know? Uh, a few weeks back, I went to bury my sister-in-law and everybody was crying in the funeral home and I got up and I said, what do I say, man? You know, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy to get real sad or whatnot. So I got up and I said, I'm going to tell you how I met this lady, man. I met her 51 years ago, man. I hit her with a basketball by mistake in the face. <laughs> I was playing with a basketball. I was going out with Ada, her sister. She was sitting there and I, by the, I don't know why I 
threw the ball in her direction, hit her in the face. And she called me this big, nasty word, you know. And I'm a Christian already, right? So she called me, she cussed me, and I said, that goes back to you three times, man. And she said, you can't do that, you're a Christian. I said, well, I just did, I can't help it, man. It was automatic, you know. And she, that's how I met her. So I started saying all these things about her. And people started to laugh. I mean, they were hysterically laughing in the funeral parlor. And the funeral director, after I finished and I prayed and everything, the funeral director came over to me and said, you should do every funeral in this place. I should hire you to do the funerals, man. I said, it don't work because I don't know those people. This person, I know him, you know. I said, I'm not going to risk my life joking about somebody I don't know. But you and I have specific orders from God to go out and preach the gospel. And I want to ask you one question and that's it. Because, you know, ya me está mirando aquella con malo ojo, you know. But I want to ask you one question. When was the last time? When was the last time that you witnessed to somebody? Your silence speaks louder than your words. When was the last time that you got up in your house and said, I am going and look for someone to share Jesus with? You know? The other day I was in San Diego, California, and I hugged this young man, my friend's son, and I hugged this young man and I whispered in his ear. I didn't want nobody to see me, you know, so I figured I got on the other side of him and I whispered in his ear and I said, Hey man, don't stop going to church. And he told me, I'm not married. I'm living with, with my girlfriend, you know. I said, so what? How does that stop you from going to church? He said, well, you know, people in church say that God frowns on that. I said, so what? God frowns on a lot of things, you know. I said, don't stop from going to church. Go to church, man. Then I hugged him. I didn't let him go. I hugged him and I said, because you know what? Even though God frowns on that, God loves you so much, man. And man, his eyes watered up and he told me, man, nobody's ever told me that before. I said, well, I'm telling you right now, man. I said, you should have been in church this morning. Sitting down there with the girlfriend who you're living with and sleeping with. I said, we all know you're sleeping with her. We know you're not playing Uno with her. You know, the heck is wrong with you, man? I said, we're Christians. We're not stupid. So I said, I said, I said, I said, so you go with her to church and you sit there and you listen to the word of God. Don't listen to what anybody says because eventually the word of God will give you the faith to believe in God, you know. And he told me, man, you came all the way over here just to tell me that. I said, not really, but I figured while I'm here, I might as well go and tell you, right? I came here to rest a couple of days, but I'm telling you this because everywhere I go and I'm in the airport, I meet up. We guys in the airport all the time. Every I know a ton of people in the airport that work in the different restaurants and stuff. And they always tell me this. They always say, I know, man, go to church, right? I said, no, I wasn't going to tell you that. I was going to tell you I want a cup of coffee, man. But I said, but being that you reminded me, you ought to go to church. 
You ought to sit there and listen to the word of God. You need God in your life. It doesn't matter what your, my cousin, this, my nephew, this, this, uh, lat, lat, two weeks ago accepted the Lord. He met a girl and he started trying to hit on her, you know, and she said, Hey, I go to church, man, you know. So he said, So what does that mean? She said, It means I'm not going to sleep with you. You got to go to church, man. If you, so he went to church and the pastor preached and he passed up front and he gave his heart to the Lord. And then on the way out, she said, I'm still not sleeping with you, man. And he said, what do I got to do? He said, there's nothing you can do for me to sleep with you, man. You know, so he, he, he told me about it. And I said, ahí te rajaste, brother, you know. But the idea, the idea is that she witnessed to him. So you got to find somebody, man, you could pray and say, God, give me one person this week that I can share the gospel with. A guy, a waiter dumped spaghetti on my, on me, right? A big old plate of spaghetti all over my head, my back, it went in my shirt, you know, and he panicked so bad. He said, oh my God, it's a big black guy about this big, man, and I should have been afraid, right? But I, I, so I got up real quick and I started throwing the spaghetti out and my wife looked at me and she knows me real good, my wife, my, my, and the other pastor said, oh man, and my wife said, don't worry, man. My husband's probably going to give him a hundred dollar tip now, man. And I did. I took out some money, man, and I walked over to where he was and I told the manager, don't fire that guy because I got money to clean my clothes and I'm going to give him a tip, man, you know. And I told, went over and I told the guy, here, man, you know, this is a tip, man. Not for throwing the spaghetti on me. But because you work hard here, and I know right now you're so nervous that you don't know what's going to happen to you. Relax. I already told the manager that if I come back here and you're fired, I'm going to call corporate on him, man. He's not going to fire you, man. So I went back the other day. That guy's still working there. He thought I was bringing him another tip. He said, hey, man, how you doing? I said, no tip today, buddy. Until you throw some more spaghetti on me, right? But the idea, the, the, the idea is that you, so, and I, when I gave him the tip, he told me, why are you giving me a tip? I said, because God inside of me loves you in such a way, wants you to know that God forgives all sin. So you got you, 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 you have a responsibility before God to pray and say, God, give me somebody. Let me run into somebody that I can share Jesus with. And God will put somebody in your path. God will put two or three people in your path so you can share the Lord with them. I was coming from Las Vegas, man. I sit in an, air, an airplane and my, we got, I got upgraded to first class. My wife got upgraded to third class in the back so I told my wife you go sit in the front I'll sit in your seat she said no nah, man you're tired you preached all weekend so I went and sat there and there was a lady next to me she's drunk she grabs my hand you know and she says I'm real scared when I fly I said me too man I said just hug me because I'm scared too man and my wife is back there so I'm, I'm watching I'm got one eye on my wife and one eye on the on the on the drunk lady and she and she says where are you going I said I'm headed to Miami man she says really I'm going to Miami too I said well you're on this plane man this is where this plane where did you think you were going man right 
So halfway through the thing, she leans over and puts her head over here. She gets real comfortable, puts her arms around my waist and whatnot. And I'm looking back to myself. I said, hey, I'm in first class. This is a blessing over here, man, right? And my wife tells me. And I said, All of a sudden, she starts to cry, and she says, I just left my husband. I said, why would you leave your husband, man? She said, he's no good. He's a bum and whatnot. I said, he's probably saying the same thing about you to his friends right now. So anyway, I ended up witnessing to her, praying for her. When I prayed for her, the drunkenness went away. And she said, oh, my God, I'm hugging you and all this. I said, you've been hugging me for about an hour already, you know. I've gotten used to it, man. But and my, so my wife came up, and my wife, and I told my wife, I said, "Hey, this is Dorothy, you know, blah blah blah, you know." And my wife said, "You know, why come you introduce me to your new girlfriend?" <laughs> but the whole idea is, there's people out there for you to witness to. You know, I go to the dry cleaners, like Chinita and the dry cleaners. I don't understand a word she's saying. She said, I can do your pants because your pants are do do And I said, yeah, man, fine. And she cut my pants off over here, right? You know, and I'm, I'm but the whole idea is this. That Chinita one time asked me, hey, man, what do you do? And I said, I'm a preacher. And she said, what? I cannot believe that. She started talking very good English then, you know, right? And I told her, I said, yeah. And she says, so you preach about Jesus? I said, yeah. I witnessed to her, man. So every time I go in there now, she talks to me. She would. Why? Because all you have to do, you're not called to save them. You're called. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I wasn't asking you for this, but I know, man. This, this. <coughs> all right, man. Cut it out, Chris. But Every time I go in there now, I, I, I talk to her and I can have a conversation about God. You know how many people I have witnessed to in airports, in restaurants, in hotels, all over the world, man. You don't need a whole lot. All you need is to know you have a responsibility to share Christ with somebody. You have a responsibility to share the Lord with somebody. Jesus told these men, listen, go. And I charge you to preach the gospel, to teach them, to show them, to tell them about the mighty God that you serve. Don't tell them about all the bad things that happened to you and all your tragedies. We all have bad things that happen to us. Tell them about the God that you serve, who is wonderful, who in tragedy is by your side all the time. <coughs> I was asked one time... <coughs> About my son. They told me, your son died. And what do you think about that? I said, I don't think anything. I think he's dead. What is there to think? And they said, how about God? Did he fail you? I said, no. Because the Bible says that unto every man is appointed to die once and then the judgment. So I said, by the way, he loaned them to me for 35 years. He wasn't mine to begin with. 
And that person on the airplane, this is a guy, big old bruise, brute looking guy. He told me, man, I want to have the faith you have. And he grabbed me by the hand and he squeezed my hand. He held my hand for like 30 minutes, man. And I said, I wonder if I'm going to get out of this one, man, right? You know, I might end up married, man, by the time the flight lands. But anyway, the whole idea was that he asked me, and he, like trying to tell me, aren't you mad at God? I said, no. I thank God for the 35 years that I had him. And I turned him back over to God. And God did not fail me one moment. Because God is sovereign. He doesn't think like you and I. I can fail you. You can fail me. I can fail you. You can fail me. But God can never fail you. It will be against his nature. Let me read one other thing to you. And and this is... uh, Oh, if Ada was here, my wife was here, she'd be scolding me for... For me going like that. She hates that man. Pero como no está. It doesn't matter man. And if you're watching. Through the internet Ada. I'm sorry baby. I'll see you tonight. It says in Matthew 28 verse 16. It says like this. But the 11 disciples went unto Gal- into Galilee. Unto the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came to them and spake unto them, saying, All authority hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you. Always, even unto the end of the world. Two things that are important while you worship God here on Sunday mornings and whatever else time you gather here to worship Him. You come here to celebrate what God is doing in your life. If God is doing something in your life, you can celebrate that, man. You can't celebrate nothing if God's not doing anything in your life. But if God is celebrating, then the words of these songs become alive to you. All of a sudden, you have something to sing about. Now, the important thing about that is that they came to this place where God had told them to come, and they worshipped Him. You have a responsibility to worship God no matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter how hard it gets, and it does get hard. Sometimes if you don't got a dollar in your pocket, it's hard. (coughs) Friday night, I cooked for my wife, you know. So we sat down at the table, we were eating. I made some some steak for her, some asparagus, I made some onions, grilled and whatnot. She was so happy, she said, she said, man, you're you're the best, you know. She didn't say that, I I say that, you know, right? (laughs) But she said, tu eres una maravilla, man. But anyway, she said, she said, you know what? Thank you for dinner. It was great. And we sat down and we were talking, me and her, you know. And, and she told me, she said, remember the times where we didn't have 
nothing. We didn't have no money, nothing. And I said, I, I, how can I forget? And she told me, she says, you remember one time that we went to a hamburger place? I had about $13 in my pocket. And I said, come on, man, I'm going to take you to eat dinner tonight. And I went to the nastiest hamburger joint in town. Right? It was nasty, man. Grease was coming off the grill or everything, you know. And the guy said, what do you want? I said, well, I want a hamburger. Man. <laughs> uh, and he flipped it up. He said, ah, hamburger fell over there. All. He grabbed it, put the bun, everything. I said, now cut it in half. Split the fries in half. Give me a, a glass of soda and a glass of ice. He said, why you want a glass of soda and a glass of ice? So you can give me enough soda so I can split with her. And we split that meal together, man. It was $9 and something. And I told her, but you remember how happy we were? And she said, yeah, but I like this Wagyu beef better than that hamburger. And I said, yeah, you like that Wagyu beef. You didn't pay the Wagyu bucks for it, man. But anyway, the whole idea is this. That while we're doing what God wants us to do, while we're worshiping and serving God, it doesn't matter what a, you have to think about how good God is to you, how wonderful he is, how blessed you are to serve him. Because if you just sit there and you think about everything that's going bad in your life, all the bad things that you think happened to you, you're going to be the most miserable person in here. <coughs> You're not the only one that has had hardship. You're not the only one that something has happened to that you weren't expecting it to happen. But you still have a responsibility. So listen to what it says. They worshiped and they were saying, God, you're mighty, you're great, you're awesome. And at the same time, they were doubting. And you know what? It's easy to doubt. I've doubted. I've doubted, man. I doubted so recently I can tell you when. <laughs> right? I had something pending and I got up one morning and my wife knows me so good after 49 years she knows me real good she said what's wrong? And I told her nothing everything's cool man. She said don't lie. I said, why don't you believe me? She said, because I could tell on your face, man, that something's not right. So I said, I'll tell you what. I got to go to this place. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And I'm concerned. And she says, you got up this morning and you're doubting, man. And I said, yeah, I was in my office worshiping God. Right? I had the TV on, the computer on. And I was trying to worship God at the same time. And all of a sudden, God tells me, don't worry, I'm with you. I went to this thing, and instead of that thing working out, it got worse. It got worse. It just went sideways, you know. And I came out, I got in my car, and God told me this, I'm still here. Even though it went sideways, I'm still here. And it can go any way you want it to go. And I'll be there with you and I will not leave you never. 
In other words, while you're preaching, while you're serving God, while you're coming here to worship, while you got all this turmoil in your life, while you got all these things happening in your life and decisions that you have to make, you got to remember one thing. While you worship God, sometimes you doubt and sometimes you wonder, where is God in all of this? And God will then very softly tell you, I'm right here with you, man. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I will go through everything that you have to go through, and I will see you through. So I came back, and my wife told me what happened. I said, that thing went sideways, man. You didn't pray, man. (laughs) And she said, relax, man. The next day, they called me, and they told me, hey, man, this is all resolved, man. Don't worry about the $18,000, man. It's resolved. You're going to get a letter, an email in a few minutes giving you a letter of redemption. So I said, can you make it a few seconds? That will help me to relax. (laughs) And she laughed. She said, I already sent it, man. So I got it. I printed it out, put it in my file. Resolved. But you doubt sometimes. Sometimes you're speaking to somebody, telling somebody that God can change his life. And you're doubting, you know, because that's how life is. We're not perfect. We're not these people that can just go around and we're not robots. We're human beings. We, we have, we have uh, uh, emotions and sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we don't feel good. Sometimes we're, our faith is up. Sometimes it's down. Sometimes we're really strong. Sometimes we're weak. But one thing for sure is our God never fails and our God never leaves us. Tranquilo, man. Venga, no tengan miedo que yo no cobro. Es gratis. It's free to come up here, man. Come on, you guys look like I'm going to charge you 10 bucks a piece. (laughs) So in the midst of everything that you're living, remember one thing, you still got to be a Christian. (laughs) No matter what you're going through, you know. My friend called me up crying the other day. He's going through a divorce. He said, my wife don't love me. I said, so what? You're going to jump off a bridge? He said, man, it's not funny, Joe. You make a joke of everything. I said, no. I'm just trying to tell you, man. What are you going to do? You can't. You can't go crazy because your wife is going to leave you or your husband is going to leave you. My friend calls me up. He says, man, my daughter is dating an old man, you know. And he says, what do I do? And I says, I don't know. I don't have a daughter dating an old guy. I said, but I'll tell you what, if I was you, I'd go talk to him. And I'd leave that gun you got in your truck at the house because it's one thing to have a daughter dating an old guy it's another thing to be in prison while your daughter is dating an old guy so think about what you're going to do 
She's already doing a stupid thing. Don't you do a stupid thing. And I said, you pray, man. Go and talk to the guy, man. Talk to both of them. Then he told me how many years spread they have. And I said, no, nada, man. You know, relax. No pasa nada. Doesn't matter what you're going through this morning. You still have to be a witness for Jesus Christ. It's your responsibility to fill these seats up with people, man. Sometimes people tell me, I'm in a church, it never grows. I say, how many people have you brought to church? None. I said, then shut up. I like having a restaurant and saying nobody comes to eat or cook something that people want, man. Arrobichuela, man, you know, right? Cook something delicious. He just woke up. He was walking around here. Like he didn't know where he was going, man, a little while ago. But that's the whole idea. The whole idea is, hey, man, church grows when you produce children. So you go out and you win people to the Lord. You put aside everything you're going through and say, my God is able. My God is a good God. I get up every morning, I lift my hands to God, and I say, God, you're such a wonderful God. I don't have everything I want. I don't have enough money in the bank. My wife spent everything we had last week. But I still love her. I wanted to kill her, but I won't. I just love you, Lord, for who you are, man. I praise you for who you are. Even though I have to put up with people, I have to, people put up with me too. So today, when you leave here, remember, I got to find one person to share Christ with. You pray first, then you share the Lord with them. Some of you have been working with somebody that don't even know you're a Christian. When you tell them you're a Christian, they're going to go, really? So you have that responsibility, but you also have the responsibility of believing God through everything that you're experiencing in life. You know, No matter how hard it gets, God is right there with you. Loss of life, sickness, financial tragedy, God is with you there. A few years ago, I told you guys about a friend of mine that lost everything he had, right? In, in California, in San Diego. Guy was making $80,000 a month, man. Can you imagine? I told him, just give me a month's salary, man. I'll be happy with one month's salary. You know, right? 80,000. They came and took everything away. So he came to me one morning in the prayer meeting at, at our church and he said, Pastor, I don't have anything. I said, join the club, man. What you think? You think I'm floating in money, man? So then he said, this is not a joke, man. They took everything. They took my four cars. He said, the last thing I sold was a chandelier that cost me $60,000 and I sold it for 10000 I said, give me your tithe, man. You didn't tithe. And he just laughed, right? So then he said, I got no food. I got nothing. I don't even got a car. My wife wants to leave me. I said, listen, if your wife leaves you because you're broke, 
Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. And I took $400 out of, that I had in my pocket that I was going to go grocery shopping with. And I put it in his shirt pocket. I said, here, man, buy groceries, man, for you and your kids, man. And he took out the four $100 bills. He said, oh, pa, you don't know what this means to me. I said, you don't know what it means to me either. <laughs> you like that one, right? He went. So I'm on an airplane not long ago, and I switched a page. Number one real estate guy in his district. He's driving a Maybach now. And I told, I called him up. I said, hey, man, my $400 plus interest. And he started to laugh. He said, I knew one day you were going to call me. But you know what? I told him, has God been good to you? He says, he never left me for one moment. Me, my wife, and my three daughters, we're together, man. God has blessed us. And God lifted me up again to position. He says, this time, I'm not going to be as dumb as I was the last time. This time, I'm going to be a smarter man, a smarter husband, a smarter father. This time, I'm going to put over my office. In this office, there's a man that serves God. So that they know that God is the one that sustains me. God is the one that sustains you. I don't care if you believe it or not. That's just the truth. If it wasn't for God, you would not be here this morning. But God is a good God, a merciful God. He's a wonderful God. And while you worship Him, and while you sometimes doubt, you have to go out and tell people Jesus Christ is the answer to everything that you have. Stand to your feet, man. Just lift your hands to, to, to heaven this morning and realize that as you worship God, He's going to come by you and tell you, I got all the power that you need. I got all the strength that you need. There's nothing, there's nothing that could cause you to be overtaken as long as I'm by your side. I will always, always be there with you till the end. You can trust that. You can count on that. Even though sometimes you don't sense me or feel me. But you can trust me. So just tell God today, God, I love you. I need you in my life. I need your strength and your power. I need you to encourage me. Because sometimes I doubt. But I will, in the midst of everything, tell others that you are a great God. You are a God that forgives and forgets. You're a God that does the impossible. I will never stop sharing that with people. Thank you so much, God, for your mercy, for your love, for blessing these people. Thank you for blessing this congregation. Thank you for the pastors, the leaders. I just pray that you would 
Let your love and mercy overpower this church so that they will feel and sense your presence and sense that you will never, never leave them. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you guys, man. Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way.